to make your fantasy a reality. With the help of the crew over at Fantasy Insider and the boys at Woot and Wise, this is DFS Down Under. Welcome back to another episode of DFS Down Under. I'm Josh Y, and I'm joined by Josh Woot, and we're brought by Daily Fantasy Insider, the trusted tools used by Australia's daily fantasy sports players. How you going, Woot? You know, um, times have been better, <laughs> but that was about 1960 when Philadelphia won the championship. Yes. Oh, your Eagles flying high. Fly Eagles fly. Doing doing outstanding right now. Yeah, uh, I know. It's it's everyone's buying the hype and everyone's on board, and you know it's it's hard not to fall into the hype a little bit. But uh, I, I mean, I think it's just the team. The team's exciting on both sides of the ball, and they're just doing it. They're enjoyable to watch. So I think they're they're an easy team to. Uh, yeah. Root for when it's when it's a team like that, but um, one would yeah. Say... Regarding regarding postseason aspirations, let's just hold off a little bit. Yeah. I mean, we'll 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 we'd already penciled the Chiefs in earlier we on. We did. Uh, one would say they're an easy team to woot for. Am I right? <laughs> oh! Thank you. Um, no. I'm having a bad night. You're having an astounding night. Yeah, perfect. Uh, definitely, uh, yeah, I'm just going easy on the Eagles hype, but what I am impressed with is that they're doing this without uh, without some cornerbacks. They get Ronald Darby back in a, in a couple of weeks, so that's going to be huge as well and um, often overlooked at the way they're winning without corners at this, mo- at this point in time. Um, but the only sort of Eagle uh, that's on your list, oh, no, you've got a couple this week, is Carson Wentz at quarterback. Yeah, I like uh, NFC East quarterbacks uh, this yep. week for my quarterbacks. So Carson Wentz against this 49ers team who, that's, they, they suck. They <laughs> suck, to put it nicely. Uh, so they rank second in points allowed to quarterbacks. And uh, as we mentioned, Carson Wentz uh, and the Eagles, are they're just flying high. Carson yep. Wentz is being mentioned in MVP conversations, which I think is a little bit disrespectful to Tom Brady, but then again, someone else has to be competing against him. Yep. Um, yeah, no, but I think I think a few primetime performances has put Wentz in the spotlight. Yep. Uh, and I think there was, you know, like a game when no one's talking about the poor performance he had against the Giants or anything like that. It's, it's all been forgotten because he's had some primetime games in the spotlight where he's performed well. Yep. Not taking anything away from him. I'm a huge Eels fan, uh, Eagles fan. <laughs> yep. You also are an Eels fan, so. I am also Factually an correct. Eels fan. Yep. It, it's, it's difficult. Uh, yeah, but saying that, Wentz against the 49ers is juicy, juicy. $8,000 on um, Moneyball and 15750 on Draft Stars, which is... You know, it is uh, towards the more expensive end of the spectrum, but up against this 49ers team who's just been giving up points to everyone, you can. there's a good reason why. Yep. Uh, you mentioned NFC East quarterbacks being on your agenda this week. Who's your other one? Um, Captain Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I just had to add another Kirk there. Um, of course. Yeah, no, he's sneaky, sneaky consistent, Mr. Mr. Kirk. Um, yep. Even though 
the Washington football team were down the entire game against Philly. They just looked like they were always in it when Kirk was slinging the ball around. Like, yes, they were, you know, the Washington team was, they were just, they were down um, defensively and they didn't really look like they were ever going to put up a fight against Philly's offense. But when they had the ball, it was, Cousins didn't look, look out of his element really at all. Mm. Like, I understand that the offensive line was getting kind of beat up a bit by the Philly D line, but he's still just, you know, still just hung in there. And like, he didn't get nearly the amount of credit he deserved in that game, obviously because Wentz was having, you know, a terrific performance, but yeah. you know, what, I was, I was impressed by Cousins. I've never been a Cousins hater. I, I think he, all right. Saying that there was a period where I just thought, nah, it, it, it looks like the, it looks like the wheels are, are falling off, but, you know, you got you got to hand it to him. He's 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 sticking around, and you know if he does go to this Forty Nineers team next year, they could that team will be completely turned around. I think. Yep. So Kirk has anyway. from, from a fantasy standpoint has been uh, either had three hundred yards or three touchdowns over the last month. He's even had a rushing touchdown as well. So yeah, definitely, I definitely like the pick. Do you like that better than Wentz? Uh, I think. And uh, we'll touch on this with Daryl. There's a lot of quarterbacks with a very similar price range. That's uh, you might. Yeah, I be... think you just got to spread them out. Yeah, you just might have to go around. And speaking of that, uh, my two are around the exact around the very similar price on Moneyball and and on Draft Stars as well. Uh, your two are around that fifteen fifteen thousand dollar mark as well. So very very similar in price. I like Tyrod Taylor against the Raiders this week um, at Moneyball seven thousand seven hundred. Draft Stars, 13,300. So I really like him at Draft Stars. I think he's probably going to be just in all of my lineups on Draft Stars um, uh, this week. So Oakland are 13th in points allowed to quarterbacks, but you've always got to factor in the rushing yards with Tyrod, and he's you know always a threat to, to run one in for a touchdown or pick up sort of a half a dozen points from from rushing at 50 or 60 yards sort of every game. And I think uh, against the Raiders, if he gets flushed out with some Khalil Mack, he can just... Uh, you know, roll out and, and pick up some uh, first downs with his feet. And I, I do like him against uh, this Raiders secondary. That's 31st in DVOA in pass defense. So I like the matchup. And then Cam Newton, um, very Jekyll and Hyde this season. Um, but the Bucks are awful, 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 awful in pass defense. Ranked last in DVOA um, by a fair margin now. And uh, he's only 7,900 as well. And 14,750 at draft stars. So if you can get the highs with... Cam and pick the right matchups. I think it it can be a really point of difference for you and a and a good uh, sort of GPP play. Yeah, um, saying that the Bucks are a Jekyll and Hyde team as well. So it's just you don't know what uh, yep what Jekyll or what Hyde you're going to get from either of those two teams. Yes. Um. All right, running backs. The Sean McCoy against the Raiders. Who else do they have to give the ball to besides <laughs> either Tyrod keeping it or giving it to the Sean McCoy? Uh, they got uh, Deontay Thompson now, who went off last week, man. So, I don't know, pretty legit wide receiver one, if you ask me. Yeah, I mean, I had him in nearly all my lineups, and he just, you know, won me a lot of cash. No, <laughs> McCoy going up against the Raiders team, who, uh, you know, look, if you're signing if you're signing uh, eight, 40-year-old middle linebackers... And playing him three uh, days later. <laughs> <laughs> you're, uh, you know... You're, you're struggling for a defensive options. And 
I think we've, we mentioned it in our uh, return podcast that, spoiler alert, that the Bills might have a, a good opportunity here against the Raiders. So yep. I think that they're going to have to lean heavily on what they know and that will be, uh, you know, the ground and pound game. And we, we, we talk about how flimsy the wide receiver position is and, you know, all year we've expected Julio Jones to go off, but he, he seems to have struggled a bit this season. And, you know, normally you've got those few wide receivers that give you those, you know, that that amount of points that you just know you're going to get every week and you hope they might exceed it every now and then. But it's so difficult to pick that wide receiver position this year. And so nailing your running backs has become even more crucial. And LaShawn McCoy is nearly as consistent as it gets. Yeah, and it's funny you mentioned Julio and McCoy in the same sentence because all the talk was about Julio finally finding the end zone last week and McCoy, it was the same. Like, can you believe that McCoy's been still one of the top running backs without actually finding the end zone at all? So he he had two rushing touchdowns and you saw that point explosion um, from him last week as a result of that. Uh, My top play is Joe Mixon. Uh, The Colts are second in, in points allowed to running backs. I think this could be Mixon's breakout game. I mean, TJ Yeldon went off against the Colts last week. TJ freaking Yeldon. Um, so I'm expecting a lot of carries, 15, 15 to 20 carries from Mixon, and it's $6,000. Um, I like Mixon. Uh, another running back I like before we'll get the last two from you, Jay Ajayi uh, against the Ravens. Uh, the Ravens' run defense is their uh, Achilles heel on defense. They're, they're a great defense, but um, I definitely think Jay Ajayi can find some uh, find some success against them. He has a fairly solid floor, even in his bad games. Even, I'm not including the one where he got injured against the Jets, but even in a, in a bad game where he doesn't find the end zone or they're, they're down early and have to turn to the to the pass and, and are chasing, he still has around like a seven-point mark, so I, I don't mind that from Ajayi, and I think this could be a high-usage game for him with Matt Moore playing um, quarterback. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I I do like that, and I like just that game. So difficult to pick how how that game's going to play out, but you assume that you know Matt Moore first, um, like it's, it's his first start, isn't it? Yeah, this year, yeah. So it's his first start, and you know they're not obviously going to want to hand the reins over completely to him first start. So they're going to look to lean on the, the running game. Yep. Um, my last two running backs, I've got Mark Ingram and Jalen Ricard. Um, <laughs> I know. Uh, <laughs> it's spelt Richard. Why is it pronounced Ricard? I know. It's Rickard. Um, yeah. Jalen, going up against the Bills, he's not going to find it easy, but it's more his price point that we're interested in here. Yeah. Uh, Especially <laughs> Yeah, five thousand two hundred on Moneyball, six thousand at Draft Stars. I, you know, that's just that's just unheard of. Yep, it's bonkers. Mark Ingram though going up again. It's yeah, he's nearly cheaper on Draft Stars than Moneyball, so you know the price is (laughs) way off. Yep. Yeah. um, Also, Mark Ingram. The the ever since Adrian Peterson was moved on, just the ground game has just opened up in for New Orleans and. They're really leaning on it and marketing them. How, how else do you put that? He just looks like he's just comfortable again. Yeah. The, the whole team looks comfortable in regards to the ground game. They just, they have an identity. Um, yeah. And it, it's not like they have to please everyone. And you, you just, because they have such similar skill sets, 
Mark Ingram and um, Kamara. We've spoken about this before that yep. you don't know if it's going to be a pass or a run play, and it just it opens up a world of opportunities. Yep. Yeah. So so, so Ingram seven thousand three hundred on Moneyball and fifteen thousand and fifty. Just chuck that little fifty on on draft stuff. Yeah. Could uh, could come back to haunt you. A little 50. Um, I like Bilal Powell as well. Atlanta are fifth in receiving yards allowed to running backs. We saw Dion Lewis, James White, and Rex Burkhead pile up some uh, catches last week against the Falcons, and Powell looked pretty good as a dual threat last week, uh, racking up some some yards on the ground and through the air, even behind Matt Forte and and sharing the role. So he's pretty cheap as well at 6,200 and 7,400 on draft stars if you need sort of another mid-tier running back to um, possibly play as your flex. Moving on to wide receiver and uh, Demarius Thomas. Um, I talked about the Chiefs in the punt return podcast about their secondary um, not being great outside of Eric Berry and Marcus Peters. So Demarius Thomas, um, fun fact for uh, everyone tuning in is the Chiefs are actually not very good against wide receiver ones in terms of... uh, DVOA, so they're actually ranked quite bad against... I'm just trying to find it on this chart here. I I highlighted it earlier. Yeah, they're 31st in DVOA. In terms of yards per game to wide receiver ones, they're allowing 119.5 yards to wide receiver ones. So a lot of that is them moving them away from Marcus Peters, and that's what teams are doing, but also not getting safety help. So I like Demarius Thomas um, against the Chiefs on uh, prime time at 7,000 dollars there and thirteen thousand two hundred and fifty at draft stars. Nice. Yep. I like those little stats you throw out there sometimes. Thanks, buddy. Um I feel like I can fly through these wide receivers. There's reasons for everything. Julio, he's gotta go off sometime. He's yep. gotta be against the Jets or the Jaguars just because of the whole J theory. <laughs> so it's Julio Julio Jones against the Jets. Yep. Um no he so he scored his first touchdown last week. Yep. It, it can only go up, right? That's just this has this has to happen, right? Yep. And the uh, lineup cruncher for fantasy inside of it loves him this week. So loves him every week, but loves him. I this was going to say, especially loves him, love especially him loves him this week. I think he's like second in dollar per point. So when you're getting a guy like that getting such value at dollar per point, it's just good. Yeah, um, and. This offense has been scrutinized this week, so, so scrutinized, and why shouldn't it be putting up a big zero burger against the Patriots? Um, but yeah, like you said, good value. My second wide receiver, Devin Funches, going up against the Bucks that you mentioned before. Yep. They, they, they're just, they're depleted. They're really, uh, lacking talent there, and, um, Devin Funches has really become, um, a big target for Newton. Yep. It seems like, it, you know, all the talk was around Kelvin Benjamin, but Funchess has come completely into his own. He's he's kind of what we kind of were expecting more from Kelvin Benjamin at the beginning of the year. But Devin Funchess is yeah. baller. Yeah, he is baller. He's playing well. Tamper dreadful. Uh, Just dreadful. They're really bad. Yeah. And it's, I'm, I'm, I'm cautious to invest too heavily in the Panthers, though, because I'm just I'm worried about Cam Newton and how he just, you know, you never know what Cam Newton you're going to get. And we thought he was, you know, going to just take on that kind of rebel, renegade 
um, persona and just run with that. And then that lasted for a week or two. And now he's back to his gloomy self and just doesn't seem to be enjoying football again. So I'd, it's really hard to make out yep. what Cam Newton we're going to get any given week. But against this Bucks team, you have to see success, right? Definitely. Uh, Amari Cooper is my second one. Obviously, the return to form last week was was huge for him. I'm not expecting a massive breakout game for him, um, but I do I do like the matchup. If there is one way to beat beat the Bills, it is um, it is throwing it. Good luck running it against them. But um, Tre'Davious White's been great. But uh, obviously, if he's on Michael Crabtree on any given play, then it gives Amari Cooper a chance. And his his price has dropped a lot um, over the last few weeks because of his bad performances. Um, if he has another good performance, it'll go back up, um, obviously, but they're not going to overreact to one game and boost him up through the roof. So he's still only $7,300 and $11,650 on Draft Stars. So really good value on Draft Stars. Um, there's no real sort of stat for me on backing this up. This is more a gut pick. I think that um, the confidence from him having a big game, even though he still had some drops in the middle of that game, he still finished the game quite strong. Um, and I think... Uh, he he's the type of player that'll uh you know come back from that and then hopefully carry it on uh in this week. Yeah, it was surprising to see you know that explosion last week. Um, my last two players, Ted freaking Ginn <laughs> against the Bears. Um, he's he seems to have established a role now. Yep, and he did go missing for a little bit. Um, you know since moving from Carolina, but now he's found his. Um, his role in that um, Saints offense, and you know, recently he's been putting up great points, and he, he's very, he's still very cheap at five thousand eight hundred on Moneyball and ten thousand two hundred on Draft Star. So that's yep. great value for a guy that you know has been performing well of late. And if you're liking the the Carson Wentz angle and you want to stack, you can go Nelson Aguilar, who's just been a revelation this year against Forty Niners, who's also cheap, but we'll see more volume than Ted Ginn. Um, he's, by the way, Aguilar seems to score a touchdown every single week. It's just, it's, it's incredible. Um, yeah, 6,100 on Moneyball or 10,800 on Draft Stars. One last little cheap stack. If you really, I don't have numbers in front of me right now, but Mac Hollins. Yep. Mac Hollins has had six targets and he's caught all six. The guy, is just, you know, lightning in a bottle. Yep. So if he, if, you know, if they start to really uh, spread out this offense and they want to, you know, pass the ball to everyone, Matt Collins could score, uh, score you, uh, you know, a deep, deep touchdown and just, you know, might win you your week. Good little stat here. Quarterbacks targeting slot wide receivers. So where Nelson Aguilar primarily lines up against San Francisco this year, 37 targets, 26 receptions for 390 yards, four touchdowns and zero interceptions for 142.9 passer rating. So, um, if wow. you, yeah, and that'll bode well for Zach Ertz a little bit as well because you'll see him line Just up. Just going to mention Yeah, he lines up in the slot. Because Zach, Zach, Zach Ertz pretty much operates in the slot. Yep. So, yeah. Yep, so that bodes well for you. My last two wide receivers, cheaper options for you. Cole Beasley um, against the Redskins. Similar similar feels to to Nelson Aguilar in terms of um, Washington's defense against outside wide receivers have been um, pretty good this year. Um, they've allowed zero touchdowns and, and three interceptions. But the slot receivers this year, they've allowed 
337 yards, four t- four touchdowns and an interception at 120.8 passer rating. So Cole Beasley um, in the slot, that could be a, an area that Dak Prescott and the, and the Cowboys focus on against um, the Washington defense with Josh Norman back um, shadowing Des Bryant. Um, my last one is Brandon LaFell um, against the Colts at $4,700. The Colts are... Uh, 28th in the NFL against wide receiver twos, allowing 71.6 yards a game to wide receiver twos. So LaFell, not a very popular name. It gives you sort of a cringe, kind of like Ted Ginn. Um, you, you've had some bad beats with them before or some bad drops that come back to haunt you, but at $4,700 on Moneyball or 7300 on Draft Stars, a worthy flex play or or a wide receiver two play for you this week. So some variety from us at wide receivers. Yeah, there you go. Not just uh, the Julio Jones, Larry Fitzgerald. Every week, yep. <laughs> Mainly because Larry has a bye. That's right. Anyway. Uh, tight end position, buddy. Where where are we going? All right, tight end. I'll, I'll fly through it. We mentioned Zach Ertz. Um, and speaking of Zach Ertz, um, I've mentioned Jason Witten. Just go back and see what uh, Zach Ertz did against the Redskins. Yep. Um, I'm not saying he'll have... S- the same production, but you know, if he operates in the same area that um, Zach Ertz did, and you mentioned about Cole Beasley, yep. Witten could Witten could have success. He's five thousand um, <laughs> four hundred on Moneyball, which is good pricing. Yep, a um, little bit pricier on Draft Stars, though eight thousand nine hundred and fifty. I think they see what's coming. Um, <laughs> Cole Rudolph against the Browns. Browns suck. They're also <laughs> so bad against tight ends. Uh, they're they're awful against tight ends. So yeah, so super cheap pricing for Kyle Rudolph, six thousand eight hundred going up against this Browns team, seven thousand and fifty on draft stars. Looks the goods on draft stars. Yep, third ranked uh, defense against tight ends in fantasy points allowed the Browns. So it, that stat has been one of the more consistent stats regard in regards to fantasy over the years. Teams that are bad against the tight end don't seem to improve as the season yeah, goes along. It doesn't adjust. It's one of those, yeah, it's one of those stats you can hang your hat on, yep. knowing that they'll just continue. And it kind of goes um, with the run as well. Like, in regards to passing defense changes each week, depending on, you know, the pass rush and things like Health that. Health of corners as well. Yep. Yeah, and but teams going up against the running game just tend to be bad against the run all season long unless it's injury-related, and the same goes with uh, defending the tight end. Yeah, I remember Oakland, uh, I think it was last year, the year before, it was just like start your tight end against Oakland every week, and it, it just paid off more times than it didn't. I felt like five years it was Arizona. Yeah, and New York Giants this year, this year like allowing so many, and they're on the buy. that's why I haven't picked whoever's playing them this week, but I, I just I invested some money this week on uh, Jimmy Graham to score a touchdown against the Giants, and it, it paid off, like... It just seems to be a more reliable stat um, this this season, definitely. Um, I've gone with um, some cheapy options at, at tight end because i uh probably going to buy up bigger at running back um, as a strategy this week. But I like Julius Thomas against uh, against the Ravens at $5,200. Um, the Ravens sort of hit and miss against the tight end this year, but I definitely like Julius Thomas with Matt Moore. He seemed to lock in with them, but they're... They're fourth in terms of fantasy points allowed to, to tight ends the uh, the Ravens. So I definitely um, I definitely like Julius Thomas this week. Um, and Nico Leary seems to be my stack with Tyrod Taylor 
against the Raiders defense. Um, speaking of the Raiders against the tight end there, they're a little bit better than they, they usually have been. They're, they're league average 15th, but um, O'Leary is just so cheap this week that it's a, it's a nice little stack that you can spend big elsewhere. He's $4,800 and 5500 on draft stars. Spicy, spicy. Yeah. Uh, defense, it's hard to go past your or my pick, sorry, of the Vikings against the Browns. Um, if you listen to the punt return, we talk about that game as well. But I just can see Everson Griffin racking up multiple sacks. I can see Anthony Barr and Linval Joseph doing the same. Um, some Xavier Rhodes action. It's just, it's they are the top price this week. But I think if you're going cheap somewhere else, you can afford to put Vikings in your defense. If you if you want to go somewhere else, I like the Ravens as well. But I just can't pick anyone over the Vikings this week. They do look good. Mr. Wire, they do look good. Um, other options that I've thrown out there, Philly look good against this this uh, this 49ers outfit. And I also like um, the potential of the Bengals and these Colts that seem to be just... Imploding. Thanks for reminding me. ...during along. DFS is my safe place. Why are you bringing this up? All right. all right, perfect. All right, well, that's all our plays. Uh, of all your plays, though, we need a uh, fantasy lineup cruncher lock of the week. Who you who you putting in your lineup cruncher as your lock? Um, <laughs> it's tough. Put you on the spot. It really is. This week doesn't scream no. lock. You're not. There's no Larry. You're not. Yeah, well, you're not confident this week. I know off air you were talking that this is a weird slate that you're not getting too many good vibes from from anything this week. No, you know. You know what? I'm just going to go Carson. Yep. I'm just going to ride him out. All right. Into the sunset. You're going to ride him. Carson Kinky. Um, all right. I'm going to lock in. It's actually one of your picks, but I like I like the Nelson Aguilar stuff. I I think that's a stack this week. It's weird. Um, kudos to whoever donated his hands to Nelson Aguilar in the offseason. Well done. <laughs> You're a real hero. You're like, give him the keys to the city, Philly. <laughs> like, you know what? <laughs> I feel like I want to say Zach Ertz now. We didn't even yep. put him down. Yeah, I, I feel like Aguilar, Ertz, Beasley, and Witten, out of those four, two will go off, and it'll be the two that we don't put in our lineups, either of us. Um, we'll, we'll probably do a combo of those four players, but it'll just be... A, a, we won't hit on the on the right combo at all. That'll, I can that'll be an ass on Jeffrey Nick stack. Yeah, it'll be something like that. I don't no, know. don't jinx that. Don't jinx <laughs> the web. All right, let's, uh, let's talk to uh, Data Daryl. Sure. Hey, Wooten Wire listeners, are you always getting beaten by the pros on Moneyball and Draft Stars? It's time to level the playing field. Fantasy Insider has the best projections and tools in the game used and trusted by Australia's leading daily fantasy sports players. Get the edge and win some cash in your NFL contest this weekend with Fantasy Insider. Sign up for free right now and today and tomorrow, but right now at fantasyinsider.com.au slash Wooten Again, that's fantasyinsider.com.au slash Woot Y and from Fantasy Insider, Data Daryl joins us every week. Welcome back to the show, Daryl. And how did you uh, how did you fare last week in week seven? Yeah, thanks, Dave. Good to be here again. Uh, it was a bit of an average week, I think, for the NFL wise last weekend. Um I got caught out quite a bit at the running back position. Um some kind of mixed results there. But yeah, it was a good day weekends of games and it's been an interesting week, uh, kind of DFS space I guess with NBA starting and Moneyball launched their horse in game. So it's been an interesting few weeks few days. Definitely. And uh you know, week seven was the lowest scoring week in about a year actually over two years now since uh 
I think it was week 10 in 2015 was uh, the last time the round was that low scoring. So it doesn't really bode well for fantasy. A lot of shutouts makes it very tough. But uh, in week eight, we'll uh, we'll try and hope for some more high-scoring games. Yeah, a lot of the games did go under last week. Um, we had quite a lot of the under bets on the stats and tighter models. So it wasn't too bad from that perspective. But, uh, yeah, it looks a bit more excitement for those watching. Daryl, you must be rich, honestly. <laughs> I wouldn't have Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, let's start talking about uh, quarterbacks. And we we know that uh, we we love a good stack. Is there anyone that you're looking to stack this week? We know that uh, a good matchup is the Dallas Washington game. Do you like anyone there? Yeah, it's an interesting game. I think um, there's a few things you can kind of do around the Dallas um, quarterback receiver situation. You've also got sort of the tight end that you might kind of consider in that game as well. Um, yeah, I think there's that game, and I think the um, Patriots have kind of also got the Brady Cooks um, kind of options in play again this week. Um, yeah, I think probably those two are kind of obvious kind of candidates. Um, one thing I noticed looking, I think, through the salaries and kind of the projections a bit earlier this afternoon is just it seems like the platforms have kind of leveled them out now. There's like, so many options in kind of the same tier at each position that. Um, it's becoming kind of harder to make standout plays. Yeah. But you feel like it's becoming a far more just random, more than, it's becoming more <laughs> random than skill-based. Yeah, for lack of a better word, like, it seems like, the, at least the other way of looking at it is that the sort of the projections on the platforms themselves are kind of tightening up a bit and they're kind of getting closer to where we think each player is going to get. But yeah, I mean, there were past weeks where you run a bunch of asking for kind of 10 lineups and you'd get sort of same two, three players coming out throughout, like one quarterback in sort of eight out of 10 lineups. And this week you're seeing a lot more kind of diversity. You pick 10 lineups, you'd probably get six, seven different quarterbacks. Hmm. Do, you have, do you ever have the fear that they're using your projections? <laughs> um, it's possible. They are. I think we're getting some money out of them. <laughs> <laughs> you. Nice. You uh you said that uh, running back has you know let you down the past few weeks and um we also established last week that when looking at a lot of the winning lineups people are, are, are paying premium on running back and taking more gambles at at wide receiver um that seems to be the strategy you know this so far this season um so you know given given that what what are your options at at running back this week and and what's the cruncher uh spitting out at you as its uh, most reliable or, or trustworthy running backs? Yeah, so you've got the kind of Freeman, Howard type player, that sort of the premium kind of ones, but I'm still kind of, kind of still throwing out a lot of those kind of cheaper options, uh, Martin Lynch, you've got Gore, um, and just trying to look at how you mix those up, I think, is the challenge. At draft stars, I think in particular, it's, unless you're kind of spending an awful lot of money on running backs and you're confident that one or two wide receivers who are cheap will come off. It's kind of still hard to get two premium money backs in your team. And at Lionel, I think it's a bit more viable to um, kind of get a few of those, two two of those premiums in. Um, I think the salaries there allow you to do that a bit more. And that's also why I've kind of been playing a little bit more. I think the salaries kind of makes a bit more of an interesting game there at the moment. Yeah. Um, With Marshall and Lynch, he's actually suspended this week. So, uh, I think if you re-ran it with uh, Jalen Rashad, possibly as as a starter, it might uh, spit something else out different for you, um, yeah. given that his price is a touch cheaper than Marshall Lynch. I know Marshall Lynch has sort of 
sort of leveled out a little bit over the last few weeks with his low production and obviously getting thrown out of the game last week. I know it cost me a few of my uh, season-long fantasy lineups uh, this week, but um, unfortunately, uh, you know, you just have to bite the tongue and, and get along with it. Yeah, and I said we we tend to rerun those later in the week. Uh, yep. uh, major day kind of goes up Thursday evening, but yeah, yeah, you'll probably see some slightly different results there. And yeah, it was a bit of a strange week in that kind of behavioural sense. So one in the NBA as well. Um, well, Pizza, I think, was showing last night or something. Imagine, imagine how many lineups were just destroyed with those last those two ejections in the NBA. That would have been chaos. I mean, I'm glad I wasn't involved, but yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, so strictly one. Like you've got there's just been so many weird incidents. That, uh, Anthony Davis's injury today. He looked like both. He looked like 400 point targets flying by miles at like Moneyball and draft stars. And then Davis, who was kind of 50 percent owned, got injured after he scored six points. And I think one person ended up getting it at Moneyball, and it didn't go off at draft stars. So, oh. Yeah, just that kind of people who had. I had like 12 lineups, in, I think, on NBA today, and I think I had Davis in eight of them. So that was not a fun mm. moment. Definitely. Daryl, there's no there's no Arizona Cardinals this week, so there's no Larry Fitzgerald. Um I'm I'm stuck. I I <laughs> don't know who I don't know who to pick. Is it it has to be Julio's week, right? You think so? At some point it has to be, right? <laughs> I, I have I have to mention this, so I was watching the Patriots uh Falcons game last week and yeah. you know when the players come up and there's a little um animation at the bottom and they say, you know, what university or college they went to. I had to double back because I swear to God, I thought I heard him say Julia and I paused <laughs> it and I, re- <laughs> I rewound it and I was like, damn it. It would have, it would have been so justified. Like Daryl knew something that we all did that was actually pronounced Julia, but I'm sorry, it's still pronounced Julia. Uh, yeah. Uh, you think someone could have yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, um, there you go. I think you still, I still think you have to play him. Um, I think I mean, his salary probably hasn't come down as much as a normal player scoring what he has scored so far this year, but you still have to think that he's going to get there and he's going to have that big game. So I guess other than um, Julio, I think you've got kind of those interesting scenarios around the stack where you've kind of got the Patriots, you've got the Cowboys options there. Um, at Moneyball, I think Mike Thomas uh, is potentially an interesting option. Um, I think... Um, well, it's, again, it's a pretty tightly packed field. Um, again, with Crunch, I'm just looking at the sort of lineups for draft stars now, and I think there's, by my count, about 12 different wide receivers in the top 10 lineups. So it's just going to be a case of trying to hope you get the right one, and perhaps it is a week to kind of bend up at running back and take a chance on a couple of the cheaper wide receivers. Mm. I, uh, you know, we do this very early in the week, um, which often can sort of shoot us in the foot um, in terms of players being out or, or not enough information coming out. And as you said earlier, that you rerun the cruncher later on in the week. But um, So a lot of our picks that we do, Wooten and I do, is before we actually get access to the cruncher. But um, one of my wide receivers this week is Cole Beasley, and I've just had a look on the cruncher now and to see him be the uh, best uh, dollar per point option uh, for draft stars. Uh, gives me great joy that we're on the same page, the cruncher and I. Um, once again, it's given me cash before. Yeah, he's one that comes up quite a bit. And I think if you're going to be, if you are sort of trying to save a bit of money in that position, I think he's a really good option. And he's, the, guess, the question with him is kind of what his ceiling is. Um, is he a guy who on week 
could get two, three touchdowns. But um, I think it's a kind of value proposition. He's a good player. What's your opinion on sort of these big play threat wide receivers that, you know, they are boom or bust? You know, someone like Tyreek Hill, who can have a game where he only has sort of three catches for 40 yards, but then he's always a threat to to have like a, you know, an 80-yard touchdown pass. It's hard to quantify that um, on any given week. Yeah, very much so. I mean, it's, it's basically why we have that kind of standard deviation column um, on the cruncher. I think if you're playing in kind of tournament, they're the kind of players you want. Um, the challenge in Australia, I think, though, is that, I mean, our tournaments are still kind of relatively small by US standards. And so it's trying to, you don't necessarily want to take that risk if you don't have to take it. And sometimes you can kind of shoot yourself in the foot by going kind of two point of difference, I think, um, with the kind of, sort of size of the tournaments that we're playing in. Mm, I, yeah, I agree with that. Sometimes I think I definitely have shot myself in the foot too many times by uh, taking sort of too many risks or, or trying to choose too many uh, big play threats. I'll uh, move on to tight end. Uh, this week, there's a lot of a lot of tight end options that I like. Um, I actually found myself struggling to, to pick a few because I, I liked a lot, um, and a lot of them are pretty cheap options that I found. What what were you sort of leaning towards, or uh, and are you, you going to dabble maybe at using two tight ends this week? It's something I've looked at. Um, so I think the obvious sort of kind of stand-up play for mine is Kyle Rudolph. Um, I, I've got a bit of a soft spot for him. I guess he's in that tournament-winning team, but I think just as a kind of value proposition, he's kind of a really good play. Um, particularly, I think, cheap at draft does this week. Um, and then the two tight end strategies, an interesting one, particularly if one of those is um, uh, Jason Whitten and you're kind of looking at that kind of um, stack in that kind of game. Yep. Um, I think essentially kind of throwing Whitten in as a flex or as a first tight end and then having another wide receiver from that game might give you a kind of interesting three-player um, stack, um, quarterback, wide receiver, tight end, that could potentially be an interesting one. There we go. Interesting. Thoughts on that, Woot? Yeah. Um, to be honest, I'm I'm struggling this week across the board. It's, it's not. It's, nothing's really standing out to me this week at all. I'm not feeling confident. You were just talking about Cole Beasley before and I'm I just the fact that we're talking about Cole Beasley at all <laughs> and considering he's had what, twenty six targets or something like that throughout the season, it's just it, yeah. It's crazy. Um <laughs> hard to find value. Really hard to find value. It is. Yeah. Uh anyway. Um so final are we wrapping up with defence? Always. Wins championships. Always. Um, all right. Just tell us, Daryl, just, just lay it out for us. I'm, I'm, I'm struggling this week. Um, for me, it's I have a lot of Vikings. Um, Vikings coming up on both platforms, coming up in the majority of lineups. Uh, I think they're kind of a really interesting play. Um, and so defense is always kind of a bit of an article, but I, mean, I think the Bears defense got 30 points last week at Moneyball. Yeah. And I don't think you could win without them. Um, so, yeah, a bit of an underrated position, maybe. But when one goes off like that, if you don't have them, you're pretty much screwed. Yeah. The, the 30 point thing was crazy. If, if you're playing in that, that Moneyball 199 target, like that week was the last week was a perfect week to get it if you had the Bears defense and, and stacked your team appropriately elsewhere. Because you're not going to get yeah. too many too many chances where a defense scores that many points in one one week. That was pretty insane. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, 
That's the same. It just reduces the average you need from your own position so much if you're in that kind of target game. Yeah, if, you, if you're also lucky enough just to have the Bears and Zeke in your team, that's, that was enough to beat half the teams in your in your, <laughs> in your your tournament. It was just yeah. it was a ridiculous week. Yeah, it was a really strange week of games. And like you say, it's going to be interesting to see how tournaments go this week. I think it'll be interesting to look at the ownership percentages. And I just don't know. I just don't see where those massively owned players are this week looking at the slate. Hmm. I uh, I agree. I think it's going to be a interesting week. Hopefully, we get some more scoring from uh, some players than we did last week. A few less shutouts. Um, but other than that, looks like a uh, pretty juicy week, especially with what you said about quarterbacks. So we could see some, you know, some a lot of different stacks and various uh, various lineups from uh, those in the contest across the board. Uh, anything else from uh, Fantasy Insider before we uh, let you go? Uh, enjoy the rest of your week. Um, no, I think that's it. Yeah, kind of ticking on as normal. We're kind of into the routine now of NBA. We've started publishing those horse racing projections for that Moneyball game each day as well. Um, so you kind of got the uh, couple of big meetings this weekend. It'll be interesting to see what kind of prize money's down for those. Um, but yeah, just an interesting I think, set of games in the NFL. And then there's obviously the big slate tomorrow in the NBA that is kind of $50,000 tournaments, $30,000 tournaments next couple of days. So interesting to see how all of that goes. Uh, with the horse racing, so Cox Plate Day on Saturday, uh, yeah. just winks just in every lineup. Depends what salary he's going to be. Like I don't know, but I guess that he's probably going to be what twenty thousand, so probably a third of his salary at Moneyball. Um, <laughs> and then you've got to try and find eight other horses to get points. And the way the Moneyball scoring systems work, in you get like fifteen points for the win, eight for second, I guess four for third, two for fourth, one for fifth. And then you get 10 points if you get the Quinella, 20 points if you get the trifecta. Um, I think you're going to have a lot of people owning links, but for me, I don't know that it's going to be the way to go. I think there's probably an easy Quinella there if you want to kind of take that risk, but I think you're probably giving up too much salary. Um, And there's probably other sort of races on the card in uh, Victoria and New South Wales that are kind of smaller fields and maybe a cheaper way to pick up your points. There we go. I'm God, just look at what we're talking about. Pardon? I said, just look at what we're talking about. I know. <laughs> spring racing, what baby. What a time to be alive. It's spring we're racing. Trying, we're, we're trying to put together a field of horses where Winx is our... <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, That's all right. Well, you know, week seven was not great, so um, horse racing Moneyball is where we're at. I, I like it. I'm, I'm keen. I'm keen for... What a time to be alive. I'm keen for Saturday. Uh, horse racing... Daily fantasy, it's just the dream. It's just onwards and upwards. It's going to be worth good. <laughs> I think it's, uh, I've said it for a while, I, but I think it's potentially a good way to go in Australia. I think we just miss that kind of daily sport yep. um, that gets people coming back to the site every day. And I think, I think trying horse racing is definitely a good thing. Yeah, definitely. All right, Dara, we'll, uh, we'll let you go. Uh, we'll speak next week and uh, hopefully talking about some uh, winning tournament lineups um, on the back of Cole Beasley. Yeah. Have a good weekend. Thanks, guys. Have a good weekend. See you, See you mate. Thanks for listening to DFS Downrunner. Go check out all the best premium daily fantasy tools at fantasyinsider.com.au. You can also check out all the recommendations mentioned on today's podcast online at woodenwide.com. And make sure you follow each of the boys on Twitter at This Is Woot and at JYNFL. Or you can follow the podcast at 
Woot and Why.